We are back with another episode of Meet the CEO. Tony Adesina, a serial entrepreneur, walks us in the new fields of electric mobility in Africa. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your Pulse on Everything Business. In Africa, I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Meet the CEO of Safi Rides, Tony Adesina. In this episode, he talks about his commitment to the sustainability of electric mobility in Africa and why they are taking a different employment approach from all the ride-sharing apps on the continent. Who is Tony Adesina? Well, I'm a serial entrepreneur in the electric mobility space, but I also have my hands in um, the hospitality business, the restaurant, as well as the production sector um, and um, filmmaking. Uh, I'm going to say I'm a driven person who tends to um, lean more towards providing solutions, particularly for the African market. I strongly believe um, in order to resolve um, the problems we have in the continent of Africa, um, only we can provide the true solutions um, rather than, you know, depending on the Western world to do a copy and paste solution that doesn't necessarily work or relate with our people. So that's a brief overview of where I am. What is SafiRide and what was the inspiration for setting it up? SafiRide is an um, electric mobility company that offers a ride share and ride hailing um, transportation services in um, Rwanda and also cutting across other African markets. Um, looking at uh, Rwanda as a whole, we had um, several problems in the system, such as high ac- accident rates, um, drunk driving, and just um, overall complaints from passengers. And we also um, jumped on a few motors ourselves and witnessed these problems um, firsthand. So we developed a, a particular product, which is Safi Ride, um, a mobile app that allows users, um, both with smartphones and not having smartphones, to be able to, um, you know, get our services. And um, we took a different approach. What we did was we invested heavily in the assets. So it's company owned. Um, we hire all the um, drivers. Um, when our drivers, we refer to them as captains. So we train them because one thing we realize is um, there's what you call a one-time training and a reoccurring training. So with Safi Ride, we try to ensure that at least we do quarterly training for our captains to ensure that they're upholding the company's values, ensuring that they understand the importance of you know, customer service and, you know, happy customer. So with Safi Rat, we're able to solve the problem of high accident rate, the zero tolerance for substance and alcohol abuse, and also the gender um, equity, um, you know, getting women involved in transportation, which is something that we're very, very keen on and as part of our company value. So we have more women now getting involved in transportation, um, especially in the Rwanda market um, and using an electric vehicle that we trained some from scratch. Some had, um, you know, past experiences um, but the idea is really to get the world to know and Rwandans to know as well that um, women do have a place in the transportation sector because they've been marginalized for quite some time. And Safi Rai is looking to make a key difference. You are doing things a bit differently when it comes to onboarding your drivers. Could you elaborate why? We chose to do the model, which you call an in-house approach. Um, where you are your own drivers um, to have more control um, on the business and just the overall output of what we're able to get to um, our passengers and our customer base. Um, what you currently have where people outsource drivers, you have less control, you just provide a platform. Um, yes, you initially know who and who's on your platform, but you know you don't have the KYC where you get to know them personally, the kind of individuals you are. Um, for Safi Ride, we do background check, uh, we do criminal records. Um, you know, Like I mentioned earlier, we do the constant training to give our passengers and our customers that comfort level that we know they currently lack um, using a public mode of transportation. And um, also we use it for, um, you know, a, a bit of a CSR, which is employment generation, where we have them on base salaries. Um, so the business model for Safi Right is 
Um, you well, you earn a base salary, and then um, once you um, meet your target, you go beyond your target. You get a certain percentage um, of that amount that you go above your target. So essentially, we're partners, and not just you know having you as an employee. And uh, we believe that when the captains are invested, um, you know, in the company as partners as well. Uh, will get much better um, output. E-mobility is a budding concept on the continent, and yet you chose that path. Why? Um, we, we're we a pure EV company. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. Going the uh, electric mobility route is nothing new. It's the direction the entire world is heading in. And uh, we strongly believe that um, Africa is lagging behind. Um, but luckily for us, we chose um, the um, best country, leading country in Africa when it terms, um, in terms of electric mobility, which is Rwanda. Um, you have a hard push from the government of Rwanda in terms of giving incentives to EV companies um, from lowering tariff for cost of electricity to um, completely um, waiving off import duties and then zero VAT. Um, so you can see Rwanda's been aggressive, um, you know, to stay in front line of electric mobility because in a couple of years, I want to say five years, most of the um, major manufacturing companies are going to start um, making pure EVs and I mean, making pure EVs. So what you're going to have essentially is have um, a dump yard of the old fossil fuel car in Africa is their target. So Rwanda has been able to um, um, take a clear position to make sure that they're not a dumping yard by creating these incentives and helping companies like ourselves to have an enabling environment to be able to operate our business and to show the rest of Africa as well that's the route to go. Um, now, Uganda, Ethiopia, a lot of African countries also follow in suit because obviously the cost of importing um, petrol is quite high and that has a hard pressure on the local currency and devaluing most of the country's currency. So going EV route, and we have electricity in Rwanda, um, was a clever approach um, by the government of Rwanda um, with a campaign-tagged um, Vision Green Transport, which Safi has been able to key in. Um, we're working collectively with the government of Rwanda to ensure that this is successful so uh, we can be a postal child for the rest of Africa to um, pretty much um, do a copy and paste approach. You have also established a training center in Rwanda why is this important for your business model? For the training center, we're really pro-Africa. And um, as Africans, we believe that we have to create um, our solutions internally. And what does that mean? Um, most companies have to currently um, import, um, you know, professionals and experts to work on whether it's the repairs and whether it's training. Um, but Safi took a different approach. What we decided to do was to start doing um, transferring of knowledge. So we brought in a few of our experts and uh, trained locals, um, which we call training trainers. So working with TVETs and, you know, um, technical schools, we were able to take these, um, you know, young men and women, prioritizing women once again, um, you know, and train them in electric mobility because um, in as much as you want to go um, electric, you also have to be able to maintain them. You know, you have to be able to do these repairs. And so we've been able to instill this knowledge uh, and pass it on to the locals so that way, uh, when any issue comes aboard, and not just for our personal gains, but for anybody in the industry, uh, we train a wide base of um, youth to ensure that anybody can pretty much come into that pool and get um, readily, um, you know, skilled um, hands to um, come aboard their companies. Any challenges? I believe um, every business has challenges starting now and all through the process of running the business. Um, some of the challenges we had, again, um, starting out, which was almost five years ago, was um, electric mobility was still new, even though Rwanda has taken a clear position on um, how they want to approach it. Um, so getting the incentives to go through the parliament, getting gazetted um, officially into law um, to, you know, sensitizing the general public um, to understand why, you know, e-mobility is um, the proper direction to go into from, you know, cost of savings, um, you know, and so many other things, um, you know, obviously the high cost of investment. 
is also part of, you know, the, um, you know, the challenges you face. But um, luckily, we're, um, we're steadfast and um, persistent in pursuing um, our goal. And um, the government backing has been, you know, tremendous and amazing um, over the years. And I believe that that's why I've been able to see the success we've seen over the years. The global economy has registered massive changes this year. Has it had an effect on your business? The global economy is always going to be up and down, um, you know, thing. So I don't think that's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, luckily, we're in a sector where it's a necessity um, and, and not a want. What does that mean? Um, 76% of the population in Rwanda uses uh, motorcycles. You know, another 24% is split between cars and buses and bicycles. Um, so we find ourselves in the right sector, um, which is a necessity for people to get from point A to point B. Um, so, you know, here and there, you might see a bit of low ridership, but people do have to get to work they do have to go grocery shopping and get to school um so we don't get as much as a hit um now you do see a bit of um a low ridership when it comes to like tourists coming into the country um you know maybe not traveling as much because they also infect um affected by the economy so um but other than that um it doesn't really hit us as hard as it does other sectors are there any changes you'd like to see in your industry i believe we do need um more hand in terms of um just overall funding and recognition um that africa's um really, really, you know, keying into the electric mobility sector. And um we need true solutions, not um again cut and paste or um, you know, try and error. So we need people to really get involved um in this sector that um truly mean well for that we're facing um, you know, as a people. Um so we believe um adequate funding from, you know, the banking sector and not shying away from it being a new technology. There's really no difference. It's still a motorcycle, it's still a car. Um the biggest difference is it's more cost effective in terms of savings. Um, in terms of how much you use for petrol versus charging, and then also the zero um, to low cost of maintenance over the years. Um, we just have to make more um, public awareness and get people more involved to understand, um, you know, the the, the the advantages of Goni Mobility. Any Africa expansion plans? Um, absolutely. Expansion plan is already um, in play. Um, we, are, you know, we already have um, interest in um, DRC, um, Senegal, um, Tanzania, Uganda. Um, we have some pull from Ethiopia as well as Ghana. Um, so the expansion plan is going to happen pretty fast um, because we're going to be pretty much working with a local company or business um, man or woman, um, and, you know, partner with them and, you know, basically extending our technology and our asset to them so they can run that um, locally because you obviously can be in two places at once. Um, so we're, you know, we're being aggressive with our expansion plan. In the next five years, we believe that um, Africa will be up to par uh, with the rest of the world, you know, um, pushing things forward, um, zero um Emission and um, you know, making sure that we cut down on um, you know, pollution in the environment. And where do you see yourself in the next five years? Advocating for um, our continent, Africa as a whole, and getting more young um, entrepreneurs involved in business, um, doing a lot of mentorship um, and investment um, to to empower um, young men and women. You know, and not necessarily to do a the pit bull approach where you have you know people come in and invest and take um pretty much take over your company. Um, I'm looking for a different, um, more impactful um, investment um, and also to be a form of guide um, um, to the young men and women that I'll be mentoring on a large scale. A quick review of the other stories making get into the podcast. Moody's Investor Services has downgraded the government of Ghana's long-term issuers rating to CA from CAA2 and changed the outlook to stable. The CA rating reflects Moody's expectation that private creditors will likely incur substantial losses in the restructuring of both local and foreign currency debt planned by the government as part of its 2023 budget proposed to Parliament on the 24th of November. Given Ghana's high government debt burden and the debt structure, it is likely there will be substantial losses 
on both categories of debt in order for government to meaningfully improve debt sustainability. The stable outlook balances Moody's assumption that the debt restructuring will happen in coordination with creditors and under the umbrella of a funding program with the IMF against the potential for a less orderly form of default that could result in higher losses for private sector creditors. Finally, Moody's has lowered Ghana's local currency and foreign currency ceilings to respectively CAA1 and CA2 from B2 and B3, mirroring the downgrade of the sovereign ratings by two notches. Mozambique's central bank kept its benchmark interest rate unchanged at 17.25 during its November 2022 meeting after lifting it by a massive 200 basis points in September to counteract strong inflationary pressures. Policymakers said that Sujan was supported by the maintenance of high risks and uncertainties, highlighting the effects of the persistence of political tension in Europe and the consequent slowdown in external demand despite the prospects of a return to single digits in the medium term. The annual inflation rate in Mozambique eased for the second straight month to 11.83 in October of 2022 from 12.01 in the prior month and a peak of 12.1% in August. Regarding growth, the bank anticipates a slight slowdown in expansion of economic activity in the medium term in view of the potential reduction in external demand and restrictive financial conditions. Meanwhile, the implementation of energy projects is expected to continue supporting domestic economic growth. The annual inflation rate in Kenya was at 9.5% in November of 2022, holding close to a near five and a half year high of 9.6% in the previous month, but below market estimates of 10.1%. Prices slowed down a bit for food and non-alcoholic beverages, furnishings, household equipment, and housing and utilities. Uh, Conversely, prices continue to climb mostly for transport, alcoholic beverages, and tobacco, restaurants and hotels and personal care, social protection, and miscellaneous goods and services. On a monthly basis, consumer prices increased by 0.3%, down from 0.9% in the previous month. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good morning. Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at with the door.